0: Coaches, Cognition, Coaching with Courtney and Christensen. As a busy coach, you spend all day refueling, revamping, and reflecting with educators. Now is the time to stop and recharge your batteries with some much-needed Coaching for the Coach.
1: Welcome back to another episode of C3. I'm Courtney Groskin, and I'm here with… Violet Christensen. Violet, how are things going in your world? Overall, we're doing pretty good around here. Um, this is an
0: interesting end of the school year. It doesn't even feel like it's ending. It just kind of feels like we're going to keep trudging forward. Um, so it's it's just been interesting. It's been fun to work with some educators around how they can stay connected with their students in this time. Um It's been fun to see one of my sites, they're using their school mascot in order to make fun videos of activities kids can do each week. And I've seen another site where they're really taking their fifth grade continuation and turning it virtual and figuring out how grandma in New Jersey, plus our parents here um, in Longmont can all be watching at the same time and honor those kids. Um, And just, just really finding ways to connect even a kindergarten tour so that kindergartners can see what what that school might look like that they will be hopefully joining us with in the fall. So it's it's just been interesting to find new ways to connect. And then personally, um, I think my daughter's been grieving that loss of the end of the year. And just we've been trying to figure out how can we build a preschool kind of modality this summer and try to make up some of that work that we didn't get done in the last eight weeks due to other things happening.
1: <laughs> so huh. we're trying to figure out our own game plan moving forward to be ready for kindergarten. <laughs> Yeah, it's amazing. I mean, we pivoted on a dime to change our instruction online. And then all these end of the year celebrations, it's interesting to watch how people are honoring, you know, seniors graduating from high school, they're asking everyone to go out on a certain date and time and stand up and clap for them. And then all of these end of the year celebrations that are moving digitally and how, you know, great it is to watch that we're still honoring those students work.
0: Yeah, it's never it's never going to be the same. But it's beautiful that Despite us all being so isolated, we're finding ways to come together and really lift up those people who this is a pivotal year for.
1: Yeah, that crave or the need for that human side of connection is really coming out, I think in everyone. Even the Maybe. introvert in me,
0: <laughs> even the introvert in you. And how are you doing in your introverted world?
1: It's, you know, been weird um really trying to support teachers as they go back and start to pack up their classroom. I mean, Things are really truly frozen in time. they went back, and the d is still March you know twelfth written on the board because they didn't come in the thirteenth to start that day like they expected, so really just trying to be there and walk them through that, and you know it's okay to have these feelings we all you know get sentimental at the end of the year, but then you know, kind of mourning that loss of not having the school year we all anticipated um personally, I mean, pickles is still loving life i fear for when I return to work. Um, what an adjustment that'll be because she essentially <laughs> lives in the backyard. I'm um, still holding out on some vacation plans, but the sensible part of me is like, they're not going to happen. But I think part of me just needs to have it there to dream about the possibility um, of leaving the house someday. I don't know. <laughs> Having that, that
0: token to look forward to because as educators, usually we're like looking forward to summer and jumping at the bit and it's a little flat this year. It, it's not feeling the same at, at all. And I'm betting your educators are really grateful to have you to lean in and support on if they're grieving that loss.
1: Yeah, it's totally different. Um, you know, we're planning, we're ramping up our PD for the summer to support teachers in case we are in an online environment. So I think this summer may just not have the same tone as summers in the past.
0: This is just going to change a lot of things. And I, I actually was inside one of the sites the other day in, in, a, in an elementary school with no. Kids kids. It's just, it's eerie. It's really eerie. So um, I'm glad that you're there to support them and help them through. Yeah. Thanks.
1: Violet, I know you've been doing a ton of short-term coaching, um, working with different staffs to roll out PD. How are you able to handle building in so quickly with different staffs and principals in those situations? For me, I just feel like I try
0: to just go in and be as charismatic and upbeat as I can be. I sometimes feel like I'm the overly smiley bobblehead girl, like, yay, I'm here and let's do some fun things. But it seems like if I'm able to put that energy out there and be really intentionally positive, then they are receptive to that. So I'd rather go over the top than
1: underwhelm them, if
0: that makes sense.
1: So you really want to come in, pack with energy and really show them who you are. Yes, yes. I always
0: want to lead with good energy and make sure that people are feeling open to me and excited to have me around.
1: So as you reflect back on your year and these short term um, opportunities, how do you think it went?
0: Overall, I think they go well. I always
1: love investing and in
0: growing roots in a place. And so it's more challenging for me to be able to build in so rapidly. Um, some of the sites that I've been working with in this past year, it would be just a brief meeting and then diving in headfirst um, with planning instruction or unwrapping standards. So for me, it's always just trying to meet um, that team or that administrator or that individual teacher where they are and just build some common ground and try to figure out like – yeah, you're feeling this way. I felt that way too. And it's almost that side of coaching that you tend to shut down when you're doing cognitive coaching, that autobiographical side. But when you're building in and you only have those few minutes, sometimes um, building off of common experiences can be a good connection point.
1: So it's really important you go into these situations with an open mind and really show your empathy for the people you're working with. Absolutely. I always want them to feel like I am sitting side by side with them because I am and that we're
0: digging in and we're unwrapping and really planning and implementing the work together um, and making sure that they feel like they have a partner in that. So any way that I can build a bridge, I'm going to try.
1: What learning do you want to take with you um, in the f- in future situations like this? For me, I
0: have seen some of these short-term projects roll out really seamlessly with different sites or staff. And I've seen some that there've been more hurdles with. And so for me, I just always want to be really cognizant of open lines of communication and making sure that people know who I am, what my role is, and why I'm there. And that I'm really truly there to be a supporter and in no way to be an evaluator,
1: um, that I'm there to partner and do the work with them. So you really value being able to stay in the role of a coach and not be seen as someone who's evaluative. Absolutely. And I
0: I just want teachers to see that I was just doing this a minute ago. I was in the classroom. I was doing these same lesson plans. And so I'm not removed from that, that I'm here with you and,
1: um, and that I'm vested in this work with you. So having the teacher understand that you're there as a support system and really that you own the data or you own the classroom together is important. Yes, absolutely. What do you want to stay mindful of from now on? I really want to be mindful of being
0: empathic with that educator, no matter whether that's a principal or whether that's someone at student services, I'm teaching some sort of tech tool or an individual teacher, just really be empathic of their road and how much they are processing, accomplishing and working towards each day. And just being able to flex myself to help, um, be a scaffold in whichever role that is, um, Just really, truly honoring where they are and making sure that I'm supporting them in the way that will best help their progress.
1: So you really want to remain flexible and be there to provide a strong support for your teachers. Mm -hmm. I want to make sure that I set aside anything that has
0: to do with me or um, schedules or pressing time or the next appointment and just really, truly be in the moment with them and make sure that they feel like their cognition is being supported
1: in that moment. So it's important for you to be able to be present as you're working and maybe moving around from place to place. Mhm. Mhm.
0: I think sometimes as coaches we get fragmented cuz we're on so many different assignments of just really tuning that all out and and having laser like focus on the person or the objective that's in front of me.
1: So knowing you want to maintain your ability to focus when working with these teachers, how might you ensure that you maintain this focus? For
0: me, it's really um, having a calibration moment in my mind, whether that's walking down the hall or driving there or so on, of just mentally telling myself, set that stuff aside and, and let's think about what is the prime objective here in this room with this individual in which I get to have this opportunity
1: to coach with. So really allowing yourself to have a time to process what's happened and then setting yourself up for success before you go in to your new coaching conversation, Absolutely. Just kind of like wiping that coach slate clean and being ready to start fresh. How has this conversation helped you today? I just always
0: enjoy the reflection conversation because it helps me to realize just the little nuances that we do as coaches in order to be more effective. And so it just brings to light to me um, how flexible I am when that's not something that I would
1: normally describe myself as.
0: Thank you. Thank you.
1: Today, we have the innovative and dynamic Julie Reed, who is a support specialist for the District Technology Services Department. She coaches with students, teachers, parents, coordinators, board members, and other administrators. In her role, as she's here to provide some insight as how to maximize your coaching minutes, as well as calibrate with a coachee who may see things from a different perspective.
0: Good morning, Julie. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm so happy to be here. We're excited to have you on this bright, sunny, shiny day and have you join us on C3. Um, can you start by telling us a little bit about your background in education and also tell us a little bit about your current
2: role? Sure. I spent about 20 years in the classroom teaching Spanish, both at the middle school first and then high school level. And I really always enjoyed um, supporting New teachers as I kind of grew in my career and acting as a peer mentor or working with student teachers. And then eventually, as we adopted some digital curriculum for Spanish, I got really excited about helping other digital curriculum um, adoptions and teachers support that shift to using more technology uh, to support learning in their classrooms. And so I moved into a coaching role uh, as a learning technology coach for Longmont High first, and then into my current role. So uh, now I work inside of our district technology services as a support specialist. And my role is really to be kind of a connector and a communicator um, in support of our learning technology program. So I do a lot of listening. I listen to teachers and schools, leaders, as well as our partners in curriculum and OPD and other district departments. And we really work to make sure that our technology continues to effectively support learning across the district.
1: You bring such a unique skill set to your job, and I'm sure that really helps bridge the gap between what's happening in the classroom and what new technologies and products are available to us. What skill set do
2: you rely on most when coaching
1: within your job?
2: Um, I think that one of the coaching skills that's most useful for me is paraphrasing in kind of an organizing and abstracting way, because for me to be able to categorize or like chunk information, that's definitely my go-to move to move conversations forward. Um, A lot of times people are trying to think about not just technology, but they're thinking about their, their technology and their learning goals and what they know about their students' progress and differentiation and, and, and. And so, being able to kind of organize and chunk that is is really important. And then the other thing is um, uh, building curiosity, right? Like I'm I'm I think I'm kind of a naturally really curious person, and so being genuine in my curiosity for what people have going on uh, really helps me. In my current job and in in coaching when I have to develop a really quick relationship with somebody to be able to work through a problem-resolving map or reflecting on something that they're doing.
0: I've been able to be fortunate enough to see your finesse with how you coach and you have such a beautiful beautiful embodiment of calm when you're going through this. Mm -hmm. And to be able to have that pause and honor people with your inquisitive nature, it just seems to roll so naturally for you. Thank you. Um, tell us what different types of situations do you use your coaching in within your role right now? And how do you flex to the various clientele? Because you're working with everyone from students. Um, all It could be pre-K students to K-12 mm-hmm. students to board members to educators to curriculum. So how do you flex to those various roles?
2: Um, really, you know, always starting in coaching with um, What is this person that I'm talking to bringing to the table? And, and what are their interests and goals? And and finding common ground with that, I think is. Is where I start and where I decide how to flex to something. So sometimes it's starting with finding that common commitment to, okay, in this moment, you and I are both committed to finding a way to um, meet the needs of this particular student who has some specialized needs, or you and I are finding a way to reflect on a, a professional development experience we just had. Or so finding that common ground first is what I, I, I really try to do. I do a lot of. Um, problem solving and planning conversations, I would say, are my two most most used uh, coaching maps or coaching skills. So no
0: matter which map you're on, you're really trying to start by building that bridge with that person so that you guys can deepen your thoughts together.
2: Right. Oftentimes when I'm working with someone, I don't have Um, a long standing relationship with them to really know what's going on in, in the background. So I kind of have to quickly get from, hi, yeah, I'm Julie. I'm a learning, you know, technology support specialist. And, and I'm so excited to talk with you today. Like, what are we working on? What are we going to do? What are we? And, and go from there into how can I make the most impact in helping, um, think around these topics with this person? um, to, to make things awesome.
1: It's amazing how intentional you are with forming those quick relationships and really helping to work with a common goal. How do you help foster positive relationships with parents and students around technology?
2: Um, I think one of our most important things when talking with parents and students around technology is really revealing our, um, purpose, right Revealing what it looks like to use technology inside of a classroom and uh, having open conversations about what our purpose in using technology is. Um, we're not just using technology for the sake of using technology. Once we start talking about that deeper purpose, I think that parents and students alike get a little bit more comfortable in having the conversation. So so that's one way. I think if parents, um, are really excited about the use of technology, they still want to know what the learning goal is behind it. And if they're a little hesitant about the use of technology, it's even more important to make sure that we're focused on the learning goal of what's behind it. So finding common ground for sure. Um, what we want students to be able to do, we want them to be focused, the purposeful use of technology at school and at home. A lot of parents really have equal concerns about how technology is being used at school, um, but I almost feel like uh, parents, you know, teachers are are phenomenal experts in their field, and our population here in St. Vrain and our community is so supportive of what we do, and they really have a lot of trust in teachers in our district to do what's right and to know how to manage that inside of school. And they may not feel as efficacious at home with using that technology. So, um, you know, our Family Connections newsletter where we try to give parents ideas of how to use technology at home. What can you do with an iPad in your house over a break? Um, what can you do with an iPad at your house when you're thinking about um, uh, exploring or planning or um, any of that kind of stuff, I think, really builds relationship with parents.
0: So starting with that why and then being able to unfold the conversation from there seems to be one of your
2: strategies. Absolutely. And that I I keep coming back to kind of that curiosity piece, like having genuine curiosity for their lived experience and what their perspective is, I think, is a is a huge relationship builder and is a really quick way to um, get to a place where you can have a good coaching conversation when you really truly are genuinely curious about what somebody's thinking or what their life is like. So that curiosity and when you're able to really understand their
0: angle of something, then you're able to get that common ground in order to build into that conversation. Yeah. So can you go a little further and dial in with us as to, we know you've had some of these in the past of talking us through a difficult situation where you utilize coaching to diffuse that. I know that you're sometimes put in those positions where, People may not have a full understanding or might not understand the why. How do you mm-hmm. utilize your coaching skill set to help diffuse that?
2: So I was lucky enough uh, to be part of a professional development learning experience uh, that Joe McBreen and Michelle Bourgeois brought into our department with a woman named Corrine Hancock. And one of the things that I really pulled out of her uh, session was that when somebody is coming to you with a, a, a complaint or might feel stuck inside of that, that, that complaint, um, that if you look for what their commitment is behind that complaint, that that's where you find that sign off where you can move on. Right. And I think that I had always maybe in my coaching training and stuff, maybe Partially done that, but but having her put some language to it and a really just easy catchy phrase of what's the commitment behind the complaint that you're hearing right now has really helped me move some of these conversations forward. Um and so in a difficult situation, finding that common ground often comes down to what that commitment is. So thinking about a difficult situation and a person who was really stuck. Um, in this mental place of wanting a technical solution to a problem. Um, she really felt like the technology was the issue, the tech is the problem, uh, um, and was stuck in that place. The reframe or the thing that worked to move us forward to find that common ground was to reframe the situation, to focus on her commitment for what she wanted her students to know and be able to do. So... The conversation went from a, uh, I need you to come in and essentially consult because I have this problem, and really you're the problem, and technology is the problem, to reframe it to, you know, we are both really committed to providing an experience for your students that looks like this, and you're really looking for a way to ensure that they can reliably have access and experience with that thing, got a huge yes and sign off, right? And then we were able to move forward together as a team to to find some solutions and 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 coach forward in that. So um, her work and just that that like little catchphrase of what's what's this person's commitment in this moment? Like why they're stuck because there's some commitment that's not being honored in this process. And what is that commitment? And I have yet to find somebody that I couldn't share a commitment with because at the very base level, I mean, we're in the world of education at the very, very base level, our commitment is awesome lives for kids, right? Like awesomeness for young people. So even if you have to go that base of a commitment, you and I together are committed to providing awesome stuff for kids we can start there and move. I that.
1: Using that positive presupposition with commitment um, can be so powerful in moving past the negative.
2: What advice would you impart to someone else in a similar role? Definitely find that place to build or grab, dig in to have some relationship. Um, and certainly in my role and a number of roles that we have like this around the district, sometimes we only have a few minutes Sometimes it's a phone call and you can't see the person's face to know if you're really connecting well. Um, so finding that common ground and making sure that you have an equal commitment to that common ground before you go into any kind of coaching, I think is really important. Um, I think that that curiosity piece is also important. We know that being genuine is so important in that curiosity, right? It can't seem like um, like you just you're going through the motions. You have to genuinely be curious about what someone is thinking, feeling, wanting, doing uh, in order to um, build relationship quickly enough that they feel um, comfortable in, you know, coaching can be such a uh, receiving coaching questions and paraphrases can be such a personal experience that really you, you have to have um, genuine, heartfelt interaction, I think, to let somebody feel safe to do that. That idea of just being real and being a real
0: person and honoring where they are and and building in together to move forward. I love that. I've, I'm grateful that I've been able to see you coach through some really difficult situations. And I always am taking things from you and putting them in my back pocket for the next time I'm in a slightly heated situation. So thank you for sharing with us. No problem. We are going to move into the fun part of the podcast with rapid fire questions. So I've already seen some inferences as to where you might go here. But yeah. can you tell us in 30 seconds or less, what is your tagline or your bumper sticker for coaching?
2: Mm. I think it would actually be that um, everyone needs a coach, right? Because uh, it's not just the active coaching. And certainly the active coaching, I think, helps me process my own thinking sometimes. Because sometimes when you're coaching someone else, all of a sudden you see a little mirror and you're like, ooh, that's something I could work on too. Um, But then as a coach, getting coached by someone else is a phenomenal experience. And we're so lucky in this district to have amazing coaches um, and coaches in leadership positions, having David, having Michelle, um, having Diane is, is truly a, a blessing.
0: Well, and if you want to hear any more from David, Diane, or Michelle, feel free to go back and check out our past episodes, and you can hear more from those brilliant minds. Our other rapid-fire
2: question for you here, Julie, is what's your secret coaching superpower or your go-to move? That one is definitely going to be that commitment behind the complaint, asking myself in that moment to not take something personally, but to recognize and honor what that person is committed to and how they are... Um, bringing their voice forward to try to honor that commitment that they've made. I love that. That's almost
0: like a new listening set aside, not taking something personally. Like that's a whole new thing to put
1: in your back pocket.
0: Thank you so much for joining us and being able to share everything with us.
1: Love it. Julie has the unique ability to build in quickly with whoever she's working with. She's able to navigate conversations by finding common ground, make that commitment to the complaint, and be sure to recognize and honor what the person is committed to. How might you use these tips to help you coach? As always, thanks for listening and be sure to follow us on Twitter at C3 Coaches. C3, connecting, coaches, cognition. Whose thinking will you mediate today?